Yes, we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It's called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toladano. John Wall doesn't need no introduction. It's an insider's look at the NBA and culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick of the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. There's a new way to bet on things outside of sports with Kalshi. Maybe you thought uh, on the future of TikTok. Will Congress ban it? Or won't they? Will Taylor Swift's album win album of the year? Will Biden's approval rating go up? Will it go down? Or inflation? You can trade futures on all of that and make money if you're correct. You're smart. You know things. Bet on it. $20 bonus if you go to Kalshi.com slash stereo. Spelled K-A-L-S-H-I and deposit $50. Kalshi.com slash stereo. Get in the game. There is no guarantee of performance. An investor could lose their entire investment. Investment fees. iHeartMedia does not recommend any investments. See further disclosures at Kalshi.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. All right, let me tell you something. Okay, here's something to chew on. Many, many recent studies suggest that having good oral health impacts your overall health. Yet most of us don't brush our teeth properly, and you could start doing it today. Okay, you could start brushing your teeth better today. Introducing Quip, a.k.a. the Tesla of toothbrushes. They're the new company that's refreshing the way people brush their teeth. Okay, you know how much I hate bad breath, okay? I can't stand it. 75% of us don't use our bristles or visit the dentist on time. That's why you need Quip. Quip is an electric toothbrush that packs premium vibration and a timer feature into an ultra-slim design that's half the cost of bulkier toothbrushes. It's basically as if Apple created a toothbrush, okay? Does that make sense? It's like the Apple of toothbrushes, but without the big price tag. You have to see it and brush with it to believe it yourself. Right now, go to getquip.com forward slash Rappaport. That's getquip.com, Q-U-I-P. You can even subscribe to receive new brush heads on a dentist-recommended three-month plan for just 
$5. Keep your teeth clean. Keep your breath fresh for just $5, including free shipping. Quip is backed by leading dentists and was named by Time Magazine as one of the best inventions of 2016. Okay? Time Magazine doesn't play games. They won the 2016 GQ Magazine Grooming Award. Okay? And made it on Oprah's 2017 New Year's O-List. This is real. You want to have a good time, you got to have good teeth. Again, go to getquip.com slash I am Rappaport to get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. I have a Quip electric toothbrush. It's changed my life. My breath is like a beautiful Sunday morning. Go to getquip.com slash I am Rappaport. Right now, go to getquip.com slash I am Rappaport to get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash I am Rappaport. All right, here we go. I'm here with G Moody. Last name rhymes with duty. Um, yep. And if you never listened to the I am Rappaport stereo podcast, this is the only podcast that prides itself on no fact checking. Yes. Okay. We're not fact checking. All right. We go rough, rugged, and raw. It calls the Disco 2, the Malachi Brothers. My name is Michael Rappaport, a.k.a. the Gringo Mandingo, a.k.a. Mr. Mr. White Folks, a.k.a. Michael Rappacrap. Uh, I'm here with G. Moody. Last name rhymes with duty. Yes, that's true. The 2015-2016 podcast co-host of the year. I told you we have a jam-packed, star-studded show. We got Bruce Banner himself, the Incredible Hulk, Mark Ruffalo, coming up on the Iron Rappaport Stereo Podcast. Currently in the movie Thor, number one movie in the world, not in the country. He's been in all sorts of things. Now you see me. The kids are all right. Reservation Road, Zodiac, so I mean, so Shutter Island, everything. Great actor. Foxcatcher, three-time Oscar-nominated actor, three times. Hey, I, I got to ask you, what makes this guy above the rest? What makes him a great actor? That's a good question. He's um skilled, skilled. He he's like the kind of actor, you know. Like if I could, if I like if I was equating it to like an NBA point guard, I I'd say he's like a Mike Conley, like. Nothing fancy, no tricks, a great, just skilled actor. Time and time and time again, like a like a like a John Stockton, consistent over and over and over and over and over again. The ladies love him. The ladies love him. He's a married man, but the ladies love him. He's got a swag about him. Like, you know, he's just he's just got it. He's good. And, 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 you know, he could do drama, he could do comedy, and he's likable. And he's just skilled, you know, he, 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 um, he has a real sort of, he just has a real likable quality about him, and he's intense. Like, he was in this movie, um, he was nominated for an Oscar, Foxcatcher, with Steve mm-hmm. Carell and Channing Tatum, about those uh, wrestlers, uh, the U- United States Olympic re- wrestlers. It's a crazy story, and he's just—he's just good, man. He's intense. He—he he could be sort of creepy when he wants to, but he—but he—he's just—he's just good, man. He's just a dope 
actor, three-time Oscar-nominated actor. It's, I mean, three times. He's, he's, wow. he's no joke. He's worked with everybody. He's worked with everybody. I, I got to talk to him about, about all that. He worked okay. with Scorsese. He worked with David Fincher. He's in these crazy, big, ridiculously big-budgeted, worldwide successful movies. He's got a dope career, and he's a dope actor. So I'm a fan of his, and, and, and I'm looking forward to uh, talking to him on the podcast. Yeah, I want to hear this. Yeah, for sure. Um, before we get to Ruffalo, Mark Ruff, um, how you feeling, Mr. Moody? Oh, I feel good, man. Everything is good. My house is uh looking good. Yeah. Uh, everything is the Bronx gloom tomb is uh about to be up and running. Just one more hurdle, and then that's it. Now, now people, when we first started out. Uh, we put out uh, uh, before the the fire and all the insurance stuff. We 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 said we were going to have um, uh, a dinner at the Bronx Gloom Tomb. Correct? Yes, yes, yes. A- and, and you were going to make uh, oxtails, an sweet oxtail tea. dinner. Yeah, sweet tea and all the good stuff. Listen, <laughs> we 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 want to make good on that. The yes. people that hit us up and donated to get that good oxtail dinner, the time is now with Moody. Yeah. Okay? Hit us up on Twitter. You know where to find us. These are our loyalists. These are the I Am Rapport core fans. The oxtail dinner from G. Monetti, uh, although it might not be the healthiest thing, okay? Although <laughs> it, it might not be in your diet, it's well worth the long over, over, Two-year yeah. wait, okay? Yeah. yeah. It's coming. We had a devastating fire that kind of put things on pause. But that threw everything I'm, out of the loop. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in the gloom tomb right now, and it, uh, it's looking good, and I'm very happy. So, um, Monetti, uh, something what? broke the other day uh, regarding uh, – it's like, it's like never-ending um, – We've talked about Lena Dunham on this show before. Um, oh, yes. I, I, I've acknowledged that I like the show, Girls. I also yeah. acknowledge that she had a show called Girls on for, I think it was five or six seasons on HBO that took place in Brooklyn uh, that didn't have any uh, black and or Latino girls on it. It should have been called right. White Girls. Yeah. That being said, the trials and tribulations of Lena Dunham. Apparently, now I never heard of this term, her and her writing staff have been accused of hipster racism. Oh. Not, not just straight up racism. Hipster racism. <laughs> and, and what is that? That's just like casual, casual racism. Just and then and then like they said in the paper, it's like, oh, it's just a joke. Don't 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 get out of don't get out of hand. It's just a joke. That's that bullshit. Yeah, well, what does that mean, hipster racism? I, 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 yo. You have no, she I knows. never heard this. See, that's the thing. Did somebody come up? I, the woman who accused Lena, why you put the hipster in front of it? Because it's a, it's a, it's, it's a way they do it, she said. She kind of uh, explained it. It's, it's the way it's said. And then, and then they come off as, as like, well, we're, we're just being provocative. Yo, we already pulled this girl's file. 
We already pulled it, and it came out, and we see what time it is with her. It's a bunch of bullshit. Soapbox. I called her the soapbox liar. Yeah. She, she's wacky, man. She's wacky. I mean, the, 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 the accusations that are, are, are coming out left, right, and center uh, uh, from everybody from Russell Simmons, Brett Ratner over the weekend, more people came out against them, uh, to Charlie Rose. Charlie, Char- yo, Charlie Rose is apparently wild for the night. It, it, and he, so he's walking around CBS Studios or PBS when he was working at PBS. He's, he's walking around naked, the newsman for over 40 years. <laughs> he, so he's walking, handing memos to people naked. Get the fuck out of here. Do, do, you, think this is, here. do you think this is, this is it real? The press is all in on this shit because how are you going to print something like that without any evidence? And then this guy gets suspended that's that's not journalism. That's like witch hunt shit. That's not that's not that's not journalism. This motherfucker is seventy something years old. You think he's he's walking around CBS naked? Get the fuck out of here, man. <laughs> let, let me t- let me just tell you to anybody who's listening to the show. I five hundred percent don't support sexual assault, sexual harassment. Hell, no one does. Not not nope. in any way, shape, or form. But I also five hundred percent. Don't accept false allegations or unproven allegations of the same thing. Yeah. And and you could feel the same way about both of those things. You could be yes. like, I don't accept, condone, support sexual harassment, sexual assault. And you could also feel the same way. I don't accept and condone false accusations of sexual assault and harassment. It's okay it's okay to to feel the same way about both things because, you know, I, I saw this. I mean, this happens all the time, all the time. And there's people that have died in prison, white men and black men, false accusations, unproven, yeah, rapes, sexual assault. Forget forget murders and all that stuff. And I'm not saying whether Charlie Rose is is guilty or not guilty. I have no idea. This just came out. This actor, Jeffrey Tambor, who, who, if you don't know his name, you know his face. He's been around for 40 years, at least. Yeah. Yes. He's currently uh, on the show Transparent. He was accused of, I don't even know if it was sexual harassment or, or just harassment. or can't be, even say shit. Yeah. Black, fuck, he man. was over his sexual harassment accusations. And then Jeffrey Tambor came out. And he said, I vehemently deny these claims. And people on Twitter and social media, because we're in such a frenzy, and, and, and in some ways rightfully so, because a lot of people are straight up guilty for, for these things they've done. Putting your hands yeah. on a woman, exposing yeah. yourself, all that wild shit. But if a man says, I vehemently deny these things, and you have no proof, you can't just say, oh, it's true just because it's true. Yeah, because someone said it. Yo, he, I, I, he, I came out and said this, and, and I, I said the exact thing I just said on Twitter, and then it turned into some other thing because it said it, it said like in the Daily News that I was blasted after defending Jeffrey Tambor over sexual harassment. And first of all, I wasn't blasted because I stand by every single thing I say. A couple of people tweeted back 
this is in in in, in the uh, in the news in the New York Daily News. Uh, uh, somebody said uh, it wasn't just one person; it was two. And I said, "How the fuck do you know?" And then another Innocent. person said, uh, "I'm disappointed in your sense. Sexual assault is not new. We're in a new age now, where people, whatever the case is, is like, yo, you can't. And and if he says he vehemently denies it, then we need to go to a court of law and figure this shit out. Now Jeffrey Tambor has left the show Transparent, and he said his set, the set that he works on, has become highly politicized. Yo, innocent until proven guilty." This man isn't guilty, but but the, but that's what I'm talking about. This journalism, and then it's just out there, and like it's true. W- where's the evidence? This this woman pops up and says, "Him points at him." Where's the and, evidence? And, and I don't see how society could could believe this person. They never even seen a picture. Never made eye contact. You can be a fucking asshole. You could be mean, you could be rude, you could be disrespectful, and still not have sexually harassed somebody. You could be the biggest fucking piece of shit, mean motherfucker to work with, and still not have sexually harassed anybody. And if you did, then you need to pay the price. Right. But you just being a fucking prick doesn't mean you sexually harassed somebody. And that was my point. That was my point. Say it again. I don't know how you could get any flack. I read what you wrote on Twitter. Yo, you, you're saying I support, you know, I, I, I don't support fucking women getting harassed, anything sexually harassed, physically, none of that. No one supports that. But in, in, in our country, yo, it's innocent until proven guilty. I just don't believe you because you said it. And you, you know gotta- what's weird? Why isn't any of this going on in France, Italy, Spain, Israel, uh, everywhere? Barcelona, Brazil, all of a sudden, a wave of guys. Yo, you better you better watch out, man. Shit, motherfuckers gonna come at you. you yo, I, I, yo, shit. trust me, trust me. I, 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 I've thought about the my, the '90s, and that ain't my thing. I grew up in New York City, man. You, 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 you put your hand on a girl where you're not supposed to. You get shit smacked out of you. That's that's how I look at it. Right. This little New York Times, this little Daily News writer tried to say I was blasted. Kate Feldman. Blasted. You don't know what blasted is. Yeah, Kate. Hold your head. Yo, Kate, hold your head unless you want to get that. Do I need to give it a Willie Hutch or should that be a a warning shot? Not yet. Not yet. You sure? Yo, let me get that Willie, man. (laughs) Yo, Kate Feldman, let me tell you something. Tell you something, crazy lady. You trying to stir the pot? On me? <laughs> Listen to me. You hear that, Willie? You you got the wrong dude here. Yeah. Because I, I stand by everything I says. Right. I That's right. I said stand by everything I says, not said. That's right. <laughs> okay? I don't know who you is. Maybe you mad because I have a soon-to-be best-selling book. This book has bulls, sports rants. From the MVP of Talking Trash, and you're at the New York Daily News writing wannabe, would be smut pieces on me, the Gringo Man Dingo? Yeah. Yeah. Is you is you bugging? Yeah. <laughs> you, you you're at the New York Daily News writing 150 word little bullshit smear pieces for $75. You trying to come at me, the Gringo Man right, Dingo? Right. 
Hold your head, Kate Feldman. Yeah, write some, write on somebody else. Leave, 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 leave my man alone before you get your ass tore up. You do, you don't want it, Kate. You do not want it from me. Word. Trust me, I don't play. Yeah, we, we old school New Yorkers, man. I'll we run your whole file. Hold your head, Kate Feldman. This is just a little Willie Hutch warning. All right, let's get to it. We got real stars in here tonight. Mark Ruffalo, the Mark Ruffalo, Bruce Banner himself. Dr. Bruce Banner, right? Yeah, Dr. Bruce Banner. Yes. The good Dr. Bruce Banner is with us on the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast. Let's go. Believe it or not, the holidays is just around the corner. Okay, it's coming up. And while that means plenty of parties, gifts, and spending, it also means there's so many football games, basketball games, and hockey games you could score big with every single day. Go to mybookie.ag. I love this site. Man up and play like the pros on game day. You can play the money line, side, or total. MyBookie is your hookup for all your betting needs and offers super fast payouts when you win. Listen, where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. And if you want to make money betting the games, you got to go to MyBookie.ag. They're the only site that I would recommend. I trust them. You don't have to take my word for it. Okay, go check them out for yourself. They have odds on every matchup and a mobile site that makes wagering on your smartphone a breeze. It's so simple. Visit MyBookie.ag today. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit with up to 50% of a bonus. Okay? Use the promo code RAPAPORT, R-A-P-A-P-O-R-T, to activate your offer. You play, you win, you get paid. Go to mybookie.ag. Now use the promo code Rappaport. All right, Mark Ruffalo. Michael Rappaport. <laughs> hey, buddy. How's everything? Where are you? I'm in New York City. Oh, really? I thought you were. Uh, are you working on something now? Yeah, I've been working on uh, Avengers 3 and 4, shooting that in Atlanta, but I got a few days off, so I boogied down here to see my little family. So, shit, man. So you're shooting both of those movies at the same time? <laughs> well, basically, basically, yeah. I mean, we're kind of focused on Avengers uh, 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 4 now, um, or Infinity War 2. Um, but uh, we've been jumping back and forth between the movies as they needed stuff. Um, but right now, we're, we're, we're in the, the final stretches of shoot, finishing out Avengers 4. And how long have you been working on these movies? Because I've never been in a comic book movie. I don't yeah. know if I'm ever going to be one. I would, I would love to be in one, but like they they'd see... be foolish not to have you. Come man. on, Mark, hook me up, man. Seriously, let's go, man. But, so, <laughs> you but, fit that world perfectly. Come I'm on, surprised. man. I can put on a costume. I'll talk there, some shit. You should be there. That's for damn sure. Let's do something, man. But, but <laughs> how long does it take to make these movies? So generally. Um, Principal photography is between four and six months for each one. It's forever. And, and how uh, many of you have you done so far? This will be my, uh, let's see, it did uh, one, two, uh, three, four, five. Uh, five now. This will be five shit. I'm finishing. 
<laughs> yeah, man. That's, it's like shooting a TV show where you only shoot one episode every three years. <laughs> and so, so you're in the process right now of shooting three and four. So when you're shooting these movies, like the schedule, like is it one day you could be shooting three? Is it one day you could be shooting four? And then the same day you could sh- be shooting both? And are both the scripts finished? And how much do the scripts fluctuate while you're shooting them? Uh, so depending on the movie, like we did Thor Ragnarok, and um, and and we were improvising uh, a ton on that movie. Um, when we did Avengers uh, one and two, we we weren't really allowed to improvise at all. Um, Avengers three and four, we don't really improvise. Sometimes we'll throw in a joke here or there on the run, um, but for the most part, you know, we're shooting what they're what they're writing. But granted, we are getting rewrites you know the same day we're shooting a script oftentimes that happens and we're constantly changing it we'll even do we'll even reshoot a scene that we shot a week or two previous to uh to accommodate for script changes but just to give you an example i was doing reshoots on thor in in one week i did reshoots on thor three while shooting avengers three and and <laughs> shooting Avengers four. <laughs> Damn, man, <laughs> buddy, you're, I'm telling you, and they're super, super secretive. So you don't even get the full script. You'll get like the first twenty. They don't give the Hulk the script. <laughs> they don't even give the Hulk the script. They'll give me like they'll let me read a draft of it or almost finished draft. So like on, but on do you have to read with like the armed guards around you? Kind of like the the guy sits there outside your door and they read it and then you gotta you gotta sign it and then give it back to them and the thing's got your name plastered all over it and and they don't give you the whole script so they'll give you like you'll see you'll see two or three pages that'll have giant blocks of text that are just blocked out, blacked out. It looks like, you know, some CIA mm. WikiLeaks drop or something, you know? So, so man, your head is like twisted. I, I, it's, it's, it's a way of working that I, I don't know if I'll ever get used to. You never really know where you're ending or where you're heading. And, and so, uh, yeah, man, it's, 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 it has its own challenge, but, it, but it's like, you know, it's an amazing group of people and we've been doing it for so long now. We know each other really well. And, and so, uh, man, I'm, I just feel really blessed <laughs> to have this work at this moment in time. You know, no, I'm sure I'm sure because, you know, people that just know you from these movies, which I, I mean, people, people have to know, like you've done other stuff. You came from smaller films and, and yeah man and and, and to, to be doing these movies it's i mean was it's so far-fetched you know and, and and like when we were younger you know i think we're close to the same age you know these movies weren't even a thing you know like, oh no no these were like joke movies like right. you know when these came out you know they were the movies yeah sure you went to see them but you know you didn't expect much from them you know and so when you're working on 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 CGI, like I've done light CGI, but I've never actually done a CGI film where I'm I'm literally like not where it looks like. So so are you are you sometimes literally acting by yourself in a green room and you're supposed to be like on top of a building or killing somebody or like eating airplanes or yeah. shit like that? Yeah. So a lot of the times when I'm doing fight scenes, those are either by myself or they're with a stuntman. Um, playing another you know playing one of the characters I'm fighting um, it used to be when I first started doing this like the technology's made this huge jump now I mean it, but when I first started doing it 
you had to do all of your face acting sitting in a chair. They do. You had to do all your acting in two pieces. You did your body acting and they would capture your body movements <laughs> and you'd be acting, doing your lines or whatever by myself, you know, looking at a tennis ball or whatever. Then I'd have to go sit in a chair where they basically clamp your head down so you can't move your head when you're acting. I mean, talk, and I'm Italian, man. I move everything when I'm acting. And, and are you uh, are you thinking while they have you clamped down? I went to Stella Adler, you motherfuckers. <laughs> like I'm a trained fucking actor. I spent my own hard-earned money on acting class, and this is what the fuck it's come to. <laughs> yes, I've had those moments. <laughs> I'm like, what am I? I'm not a I'm not a lab rat. I'm a I'm a man. I'm a trained actor. You know, um, but you know, I'll tell you. The good thing about what that training was for me is like a lot of that was imagination. When you you've done theater, so you know, like you don't have the buildings there mm-hmm. when you're looking at. You don't have the window there. You don't have a park there in front of you. You know, so you really learn how to use your imagination. And oddly enough, that old traditional form of acting mm-hmm. works really well for the new stuff. Mm-hmm. I see people struggling much more with it than like the old you know people who who've had to really develop that 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 muscle which is your imagination putting things there that aren't really there some people call that crazy mm-hmm. other people like you and me just call that good acting you know explain to me or explain to the listeners because i've yeah. asked actors this because i'm not like a classically trained not even classically trained like i didn't go to like that many acting uh, uh, you know, classes. I went to like one, and and I know yeah. like r- rumor takes. has it you went to you were in the same acting class at some point with Benicio, who's a friend of mine, and I always break <laughs> his balls about his fucking theater and his method acting <laughs> shit. But but explain in, in basic terms the best you can because at this point I think everybody, all actors have their own quote unquote method. You know, yeah. and obviously Daniel Day Lewis has you know these extreme uh, tactics and you know what he does, and yeah. everybody's all fascinated with that. But c- can you explain in basic terms what method acting is well okay so that's uh, it's kind of tough because in the in the 50s method broke off into two different schools one was lee strasberg and one was stella adler they were the two biggest acting teachers basically in the world at that time and they, they were like the masters. They were like uh, Vince Lombardo or something. They, they, they were they were the co- the best coaches in the world doing mm-hmm. the most progressive, badass shit that was changed acting forever. And one one decided that the best way to work was just to use all your own personal experiences. Your dog got hit by a car. And I'm I'm giving you the real like the the Cliff Notes version of this. Yeah, but at the end of the you, day, the Cliff Notes, like the basic dog got hit by a car. When you're strapped down and the Hulk might need to cry, the the old dog by hit got hit by a car trick might be the thing that works. And, and, and like the simplest, straight up the alley, like my yes. fucking dog got hit by a car. My hamster died in the third yes. grade. Yes, yes, that's why I think the split is bullshit. Basically. What basically what it was saying, what the method says is that you can't you're that it's you there. That if you if you try to pretend it's not you, then you're telling a lie. Mm-hmm. And so you wanna you wanna either a um bring as much of your own um personal experience uh into your work so that you understand what your character's going through. Like everyone's fallen in love, all right? So everyone could play Romeo and Juliet. 
supposedly, because mm-hmm. you understand the nature of what is to be in love, or you understand the nature of what is want to kill, you know, have revenge. We, under, we have all these basic human things that we all share. That's why we all can watch the same movie and all like it, right? Mm-hmm. And so the school was saying, you, we have to bring our authenticity. We have to make this shit real. And, and how we make it real is by understanding it in our own lives. Mm-hmm. And that was a radical concept at that time. Mm-hmm. And so that was, that's what they, that's what became method. So some people take that to the extreme. Like if they're playing Dracula, they sleep in a coffin at home. You know, they got to be called Dracula everywhere they go. Now I personally think that that's a little bit tiring. You know, it's not, it's not my thing. Um, the other, the other one was just to be like, use your imagination and understand these things inside yourself, but then use your imagination to, to lift yourself up into the material. Right. And that's what Stella was talking about. And that's kind of, that was the next step of, of the method. And it didn't put so much weight on the things that had happened to you in your life but more importance on the things that happen to the character and relating Got those you. things to you in your life. Got you. I've never worked with it. People ask this all the time. I've never worked with somebody that was uh, openly hardcore method. Now, I've, I've been around some actors that I think they actually thought they were the character, but when they never actually openly admitted it. Have you ever, like, yeah. who, have you ever worked with somebody that was like, please call me by the character's name? Um, no, not really. No, I haven't. Have you ever gotten so focused on the Hulk where you're like, no, motherfucker, don't call me Mark. I'm not Mr. Ruffball. You call me fucking Hulk. Like, have you ever gotten like, we're like, yo, the scene is so hard. You've been doing shooting for three months. I'm fucking Hulk. Like, have you ever told a PA or a director or a producer, like, I'm not fucking Ruffalo today. Call me by my fucking character's name. Never, man. I, I would be. I think I'd be embarrassed to do that. But I. <laughs> but I will tell you this. I have had moments where I did turn, literally turn into the Hulk when someone's doing some crazy shit, like a relight or something, in the middle of a of a scene, and you're, you know, you're there, and they're like moving the camera around, or, you know, just generally not being very respectful to the moment and right. i will i i have had a little hulk burst where they did want to call me the hulk uh-huh. i think now, <laughs> but now, that's few and far between now, i mean i'm, I'm sure, a, I'm I'm a sure you're, you're chill dude. but I'm, I'm sure it's tedious and listen you know we're not digging ditches and you know acting no, is, buddy, come we're lucky on. and you know so i know you're not complaining all right do kids trip out now that you've been in so many of these movies like when young kids uh, and, and teenagers, forget the adults, but like the kids yeah. bug out when they see you in real life. Cause it's one thing to be recognized by kids, but it's another thing to be recognized for like these films. I mean, that mu- there must be pros but, and cons to that. Buddy, it's a whole nother thing. I mean, I'm walking down the streets of New York and I'm like, Bruce Banner! <laughs> oh, you know, dog, dog! And it's, you know, and it's kids and they love the character and I swear to God, it would, it's as if I never did any other movie in my life sometimes. That's all they know. That's all they know me for, especially the kids, which is cool, you know? I'm sure. I'm sure it's cool. Um, all right. So I, I want to get into your film. So like I said, you, you have done so many dope films and now you're doing these bigger films. As a fan and as a participant, what do you think the state of the movie business is in terms of just – because for me, the biggest concern that I have is that it's yeah. not spread around. You know, yeah. um, 
you know, I don't go to the movies as much as I used to. You know, it's it. There's like big, big, big movies, and then there's like yeah. tiny, tiny, tiny movies. Like, what is yeah. your feeling about it? Just as as a because you started as a fan before you started being a participant and yeah. working. We're all fans. So where's That's your head right. at with it? You know, um, I mean, it's it's a whole different world. And that's just basically since you and I have been acting, we went from film to mm. digital and we went from, you know, one way of watching, you know, you either had TVs or TV or you had movies. And now we have this whole other way that people are, are ingesting um entertainment which is their phones and their tablets and their laptops and then they're streaming shit in from the internet so it's like the whole thing is totally changed mm-hmm. and um in some ways i think that's given a lot more people access to it um there's a lot more content that's needed um television it right now is in its kind of golden era mm-hmm. um all the, you know, I, I, I keep thinking, you know, I keep seeing like all the great, really great, interesting stuff right now, I think is happening in television. Mm-hmm. You know, when we were younger, you stayed away from, there was two kinds of actors, there's movie actors and television actors and not, and neither the two would meet. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's all mashed together. I, you know, we're, we're, we're losing things and at the same time we're gaining things. You, you know, that's true. That middle size movie, about families, about, you know, just personal stories that aren't so big concept and, and hero driven things are, I feel like right now, you know, languishing, they're having a hard time. That said, a lot of that pathos, a lot of those stories have moved and, and really interesting, complex characters have moved into the television for right. now. I mean, even like the film, you know, like Foxcatcher, which was, yo, I, I didn't have your number. That movie was fucking great. And, oh, and, and man, when I saw you. the documentary afterwards, because I had seen, yeah. there was there was a couple of documentaries before, but then I saw the film and then I saw another documentary afterwards. And I was even more impressed with, with all three of you guys. The whole thing was just, it Thank was dark, you, it was creepy, it was spooky. And I mm. imagine a film like that, there's got to be, everything's got to be lined up with you know, you got to get this person, you got to get that person to, to get the film made just from a, a financial uh, standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that was, that was a, a really brave move from Annapurna who produced it, you know, who's, who's new to the game. Who said, I want to make these difficult movies with, with directors that are doing interesting things that have their own voice. So you had Bennett who had already done, um, he'd already done Moneyball, Capote. Right? And yeah, and he did Moneyball, which your your people will appreciate. And so he was in that sports world, and um, yeah. And then you had Channing Tatum, who who was a hot, who was hot, mm-hmm. and and who basically we hung the movie on. And uh, and then you get Steve Carell, mm-hmm. and and so then you got all the makings of of being able to finance uh, a twenty million dollar movie about wrestlers. That's dark and creepy and scary Mm -hmm. um and so yeah that kind of movie is is probably a little bit more difficult to make but that's also the kind of movie that a lot of actors and directors want to be making you know what what was he like uh, um 
Steve Carell? Because he seems like, is he, and I'm not saying he wanted you to call him the character, but he seems like he slips in the character and he's like in the character. Well, yes. Uh, the one person that I did work with who seemed to stay in character all the time was Steve. And I, I totally kind of forgot about that. But I would see, first of all, <laughs> he was so weird that literally I'd, I'd run away from him when I'd see him on set because he just freaked me out. And he had and, that fucking uh, nose, and I think he had teeth, oh, right? Yeah, he had the nose and the teeth and that kind of weird, awkward, you know, he, he stayed in character. So it was very weird and awkward every time we ran into each other. And that's kind of, I think, the relationship that Dave had with Right. You know, the character I was right. playing had with him. So, you know, we were both sort of playing into that. One day I was in the, uh, <laughs> I was at the hotel. We had a hard day's work. It was a long day. It was fucking brutally cold. And I, I rolled in the elevator. It was a really hard movie to work on, man. It was, it was dark. It was n n totally cheerless. We were shooting in the dark. It was, and anyway, I roll in and I'm, and I was wrestling after work every day I had, to, I had to go to wrestling practice mm -hmm. um so it's just like one of those really intense things i walk in and he's in the elevator and uh i look at him and, and now he's he's steve i could tell he's steve <laughs> and i'm like uh, how's it going man and we really don't we really didn't talk to each other uh, we were working we, we rarely worked together but this day we were it's like how's it going man he's like i don't know what the fuck i'm doing <laughs> And I was like, buddy, you and me both, I do not know whether I'm coming or going on this thing. And uh, that was a real moment that we had. And, and, and I know we were feeling that because ben, Bennett's, you know, Bennett's a tough director. Well, what do you mean by that? I explain what, why he's a tough director. Okay. So, you know, he purposely, so we all have our thing that we do, you know, that we feel comfortable doing, you know, you come in and, and you kind of have an idea how, how you think it should go. And you kind of, you know, you kind of have your comfort zone. You think you feel, you know, your character and in there, in, inevitably, uh, Bennett would think that was the wrong way to go. Mm -hmm. And so you, <laughs> you just, and, and then you spent the day just stripping all that back into being the most uncomfortable version of, the scene that you could possibly imagine it being and and so you know he would just be like no i i i feel like it's it's too rote or i see you acting or or um you know i i think it needs to be a little bit more uh, let's just keep doing it again and again and again or a raw or or do, do you as an actor are you like yo i'm doing it the same fucking way i don't no matter what you're saying or do you feel like it, it worked yeah i do because uh, you know because eventually what happens is is you just kind of you break a little bit mm -hmm. in that space of like not knowing what you're doing anymore or, or there's a kind of vulnerability that works really well on film, mm -hmm. you know, and it's real cause you're frustrated and mm -hmm. you're, and you're sort of like, you know, trying to find your footing and, and he, that's what he likes. He loves that kind of, that kind of space, mm -hmm. especially for those people. And so, um, it was just, that's that could be disturbing. Was it like, know? how many, like, is he, is he like a person who, who make you do a lot of takes? Sometimes you do a lot of takes. Um, a lot of times, 
you'll start with the scene one way and then he'll throw you a line or you'll, or you'll, oh. or he'll, you'll start heading in a totally different direction mm-hmm. and it'll be, you know, he's like, he'll do a gesture. He's like, the scene is kind of like this and he'll like, you just kind of gently touch my shoulder in this kind of reassuring way that, that sort of, tells you or told me kind of the nature of the way Dave was dealing with his brother. Mm -hmm. So a scene that was simply that seemed antagonistic to me, Mm -hmm. seemed like it was two brothers fighting was really a scene about one brother, like kind of gently trying to support another brother, even though it seemed like it was being a little bit antagonistic. I got you. I got you. That makes sense. Especially with the, with the way there was so much subtext in that movie and so much like, yeah. it's just like, what's going on here Bet- between the three? Like who's being what? And uh, yeah. on my side, are you not on my yeah. side? Is yeah. The- and they all had like, they were all super complex people, man. There was no like good guy. Right. And so you're an, as an actor, you want to play the good guy, you know? And then, and he's like, no, no, nobody's a good guy in mm-hmm. life. We all have a little bit of fucked up in us, you know? And, and, and what about David Fincher? You worked with him on Zodiac. He's a one that I hear like 67 takes, 87 <laughs> yeah. takes. And it's like when you're literally across the street. Is that real with him? Yeah, man. <laughs> so my first day of working with him, he, you know, he, my first day of working with him, we did 67 takes. Are and you I, serious? And it was, on, like, what kind of scene? It was a, it was a walk and talk, and it's me and Jake. We come out of the courthouse, and it's 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 towards the end of the movie. We started towards the end of the movie, so I was already like, I don't know what the fuck's going on, but we started towards the end of the movie. It was my first day, and we come out of the courthouse, and we have about a half a page scene where we're walking and talking, and there's maybe sixty extras all placed around us and behind us, moving this way and that. It's a crane shot on a long, long crane arm, which is, you know, the camera's on the end of a long, long stick, basically, for your viewers, for your listeners. <laughs> and and they're moving it back on a, on a dolly. So it's this big, kind of elaborate moving shot. And I'm the actor, so I'm just thinking, oh, you know, it's about me and Jake and this scene, right. and we're talking. It's about us, you know? And and we're doing it over and over and over. And now I'm starting it's starting to wear on me like, dude, he hates what I'm doing. That's what this is about. He 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 and he doesn't know how to fix it, so he just keeps reshooting it, right? And we're up there, we're like well, now we're about like take take forty or whatever. Jesus Christ. And, and I see him over there and he's not looking happy. Right. And I'm like, God damn, what am I doing? And I, and I like, that's it, Ruffalo. You're the wrong guy for this part. And, you know, Sean was the one that they should have got, you know, maybe he's available now. <laughs> it, it's cool. They'll still pay you, but you know, you, you're ready to be fired. They totally, I'm, I'm talking myself. I'm talking myself into being fired. Like just making, trying to make it okay for what's going to happen. And I see Fincher. He's beelining for me now. And it's like, here it comes, Ruffalo. That's it. He's, he's, 
He's had it. You did your best. Try not to take it too hard. Dude, be we'll a book man. you a Don't flight. You'll be crying. done. You'll be home in the morning. Everything yeah, will be fine. Yeah, I'll be, get me out of flight. I'll be home. You, you may have had this conversation at some point as an actor. Most of us do. And, uh, the, and, he, and you know, he, he, he came right for me. He walked past me. He goes to the – there's a, there's a stand-in. I mean, a, a background artist, a few feet behind me. He moved that dude. I'm telling you. The, he moved that dude three inches. And there's 60 of them. Mm -hmm. And he started walking back and he pats me on the back as he's going, gives me a nice slap on the back, you know, and he passes me. And I think, oh, okay, well, this motherfucker is doing, he's, he's, he's shooting the whole picture. Mm -hmm. He's not, he's not, I'm just, I'm just 10% of the frame. Mm -hmm. You know, he's going for what he's going for is eternity, man. This mm -hmm. guy is like this guy's shooting a hundred percent and he's a perfectionist and he's not gonna stop until he gets it. Mm -hmm. And after after I squared with that, I was okay. And that's I how knew. it was the whole time shooting Zodiac? That was how it was the whole time. I mean, sometimes it was 30 takes. Sometimes it was 15. Sometimes it was 17. Sometimes it was 20. But at that point, I knew, okay. And, and, and that's he was one of the first people to move to digital from film. Oh, right. And he had, so back then you, there was no erasing a take. You, you, you saved everything. You shot everything. You saved everything. He had a special button made <laughs> that would delete a take. And literally we would be in take 25 and I'd hear him say, delete take one through 24. Like we're, none of that's good. No, like we're, like we're starting and now. And you know, it's like a fucking iPhone. It on, on 17. Like you knew that was a take. Right? right. And you hear that. You're like, ah, ah, ah. Me at this point, like, you know, like I get more, like when I was younger, I'd be like, oh, we're just here. Like, I don't know. But now as you get more experience and you have more say and you, you sort of understand the process more, will you be like, if you worked with him now or a director like that now, we'd be like, yo, what the fuck do you want? Like, or you'll just keep going. <laughs> No, man, I just keep going. I sign on. Right. You, you know, I, I just see like this is his, this is their trip. This is how got they you. do it. I'm going to try and accommodate it the best I can. I got you. I might get frustrated with it at times, but I just keep trying to let it go, you know? Um, what's your best Martin Scorsese story from Shutter Island? <laughs> uh, well, so it's Martin Scorsese, man. And I'm like, you know, he's, 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 he's the guy we, we all, that was the one that we all grew up watching. We all saw the great acting. We all wanted to work with. So I expected this really kind of like heavy, heady acting trip from him, mm -hmm. you know? And um, that's not his thing, really. You know, <laughs> he, he doesn't, I mean, he likes to work with the actors, but he doesn't get into whole, all the psychological stuff, right? You know, which is, which is what I, I was kind of hoping for. And I was, you know, trying to impress him by telling him all the character work I was doing. At right. This part. And he just wanted to run away from me basically. Right. And, but one day he came up to me and this is, this is exemplify his directing as far as the, the acting was going. He came up and he's like, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It seems, uh, you know, it, it works well on the page. It's for some reason, it's just, it's just, I don't know. Maybe it needs to, um, maybe it needs to, I don't know. He's snapping his fingers. Maybe it needs to, uh, 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 and I said, uh, go faster. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's try that. And that was probably the, the most 
notary I got from him mm. on that on that movie, you know. And I was like, that's okay. I'll take I could do that. I know how to do that. That's something I definitely know how to do. But, you know, he's a genius and he's a master and he's you, when you see him at work and you see what he does with the camera, he, it's all storytelling as far as, as cinema goes. That dude is like the master of cinema. And so he doesn't he doesn't he hires people who knows their, knows their shit clearly. And he doesn't get down into the muck. He's he's like focused on telling that story cinematically and you do you do your job and he'll do his job and and you'll end up okay, you know? All right. Tell tell me the actor uh or acting experiences where you've been across from somebody, you're doing a scene from somebody where you were just like, Fuck, this person's good. Like you can name a couple of people like where you were just like, Whoa, this motherfucker where you just kinda like you, you you're you're taken by their talent. Well, Joaquin Phoenix mm. is is like still. I think I think he's one of the greatest actors of our generation. You know, and and we haven't even seen what that kid's gonna do, mm-hmm. kid. But but um, you know, I was doing a Reservation uh, Road with him, which was kind of, you know like a small indie movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a mano a mano scene, and um, you know, his character basically, I, I, I kill, killed his son in a car accident mm-hmm. in a hit and run, you know, and he, and he does a vigilante, he tracks me down. And and the, the final scene of the movie, first of all, we only bump into each other like once or twice during the whole movie. Finally, we bump into each other and he knows what I've done. And he kidnaps me, puts me in the, in the back of his car. And he scared the shit out of me. And, mm. and, and we had one, we had a scene where he drags me out. He's going to kill me. You know, it's a big emotional moment for both of us. And man, it was like a blur to me, this scene. And it, and it became an, this the improvisation that was just, I mean, it's one of those perfect moments and it just was so lived into and felt so real and crazy and out of control and, and still was telling the story, you know, wasn't being self-indulgent mm-hmm. you know, was, and still like, I felt totally comfortable in his presence, you know, he's good. And, oh man, he's so damn good. Tilda Swinton. I just worked with what she was like? amazing. She's amazing. She is freaking unbelievably good and present and and playful and sweet and funny um uh uh i had a little bit with kate blanchett uh, another amazing actress now these are like you know foreign actresses they're you know supposedly well trained is kate blanchett cool so cool she's like oscar winner every fucking year she's oscar yeah, this she's knighted so, she's so like a prince humble. a princess yeah, so humble, so cool. The best ones are are humble and cool. That that's been my experience. The the ones who are just like I think that are just real and the best and just they're not really movie stars, but they are movie stars. They're like super actors, but they happen to be movie stars. They're not movie stars first. They're always the coolest. And give know? me one more person where you were working with Either even you just like fanning out, like I mean, like I not not fanning out because when you're there working with them, you're 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 working with them. But like me, I got the chance to work with De Niro twice, and and I'm wow. in the shit. I'm working with him, but 
you know, in between takes, I'm like looking and I'm like, there's the mole, like there his face, like the <laughs> no, like I, you know, like was who was experienced like when you were younger that you were like Redford. Oh Redford. Shit. Yeah, man. I did a movie with Redford. It was like it, it was like my third movie. My like my, it was like a big movie. Yep. And, Last um, Castle, right? Last Castle, yeah. And and there I was. I'm doing like full on four or five page scenes with Redford, mano a mano, like full on, like <laughs> him and I going at it at each other, you know. And um and I was man, I was I was pissing my pants. Right. Uh, you know you know how it is when you're, you're across from these people that you you know they're the icons, they're your heroes, you right. know. And I was like, how am I going to act with this guy? How how am I? <laughs> <laughs> I'm quaking my boots. I'm like, how am I even going to remember my line? Right. Like, you, you know, you know, you're like, am I going to blow this? I'm going to mess this up. And that dude was so chill and cool and invited me, you know, to hang out between setups and, and really put me at ease. But, but, you know, there he is. There's the mole. Right. There's the smile. Right. There's, there's the blue eyes, right. the bluest eyes. You know, there's the, there's the all American, like seriously socially minded dope cat. You That's know, That's fucking cool. All right, yeah. my, my last question, I'm going to let you go. I appreciate this. The people are going to love it. The fans are going to love this. And I, I just, I love that you're sharing all this shit. Oh, no, man. Actor to actor. This is fun. I know it's interchangeable. Okay, so it's interchangeable. Uh, don't feel any any um, allegiance. Today, your top five movies of all time. I know it's hard. It's only it's only five, but just for today. Don't feel guilty about leaving anybody out. Oh, man. Um, shit. On the waterfront. Mm-hmm. Um, Probably, of course, the uh, Godfather one. Uh, Brando, I'm a, I'm a big Brando fan. Yep. Um, Last Tango in Paris, I uh. think, is amazing. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. And you're in stories. that shit. Yeah, I'm in that one, and I really, I have a small part in it, but I just think that's a really beautiful movie. That's, that's fucking like, cool. That's cool, and I get to say I was in that one, right? Um, so that's three. Um, uh, you know what I just saw that I just think is an amazing movie, which is a French movie, was uh, El P- the Prophet. Oh, okay. I heard this was um, good. That was really good, man. I put I'd put that up there. It's um, that good, huh? Oh man, it's so good. I okay. mean, it's messy. It's like a, it's definitely like has the indie indie spirit to mm-hmm. it. Um, and then um, one more, huh? One more, um, just one more. Um. Oh man, there's a what's the great American? Uh, I mean, I guess Scarface. Okay, <laughs> okay, that's a good one. I mean, it's interchangeable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if you ask me another time, you give me a couple minutes, I know I'd have a, a, another whole another slew of them. All right. Well, listen, yo, Mark, I appreciate you. Uh, you coming on the podcast. Um, Thanks, man. I appreciate you too, man. I appreciate your voice out in the world. I, I appreciate your acting. You're a badass, man. I admire you. Well, we, we got to keep going, and uh, you know, and, and, and keep keep speaking out, and you know, and and uh, and keep pushing, and keep doing our thing, and uh, and and you keep doing your thing. Man. I'll be there with you, man. All right, we're getting in on the Black Friday sales, okay? But you could do it safe. In sound, all Buttersoft I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast t-shirts. You could get it from the safe 
haven of your own home. You don't want to be out there wheeling and dealing and knuckling up, okay? But you could get Butter Soft Iron Wrap Port Podcast t-shirts at store.barstoolsports.com. Okay, we have the You Fuck You t-shirt, the World Famous Sucker Shit t-shirt, the Gringo Man Dingo tee, all right, the Cat Killer t-shirt, and Christmas time is coming. So we have a beautiful, beautifully ugly, fantastic Cat Killer sweater t-shirt coming, the Christmas edition. All that and more at store.barstoolsports.com. Black Friday sale. All right. Yo, I really want to thank my man Mark Ruffalo for uh, coming on the podcast. You know, it's funny. I've only We've only met each other in person one time, me and Ruffalo. But we, we, we got a lot of people in common. And, uh, you, you know, we didn't talk a lot about mm. politics. But he's outspoken on the front lines about everything he believes in, protesting Trump, protest. I mean, he's he's really out there, and 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 you know, it's crazy because he he has a lot at stake. Yeah, you know, and and he you know he he doesn't back down. He speaks out on 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 pro life, pro choice, Trump. All I mean, the environment. He he's he he's actually one of the first people. Uh uh uh, uh you know, as a, uh, in the last twenty years who's been really outspoken uh, on social media about this stuff. So, uh, Mark Ruffalo, uh, that was a dope interview, man. So, uh, oh, I want to, you mentioned Trump. I want to give Trump a shout out for getting them boys home. He didn't have to do that. That's not in his uh, job description as the president, but he got him home. So you got to give this cat some credit. You talking about LiAngelo Ball and the UCLA basketball players? Yeah, and those guys that was doing some stealing. Uh, he, You're lucky. Yeah, he, he says he he says he had something to do with it. Yeah, uh, he he, he no- says he has something to do with it. I I take what he says at like a, like a like a crazy guy on the corner who's drinking that that moonshine. Yo, they let him out immediately after that. They just you get ten years for stealing out there, yo. So, uh, I'm just saying. No, give the give the man credit. Everybody, m- give this m- dude credit. my guy Levar Ball disputes that Trump had anything to do with it. Oh, you believe P.T. Barnum? Come I'm, on, I'm man. just saying. I'm just saying okay. that. Uh, and, and, and the thing about Trump getting him out, he goes on Twitter while the kids are still on the fucking plane from China. <laughs> They're still on the plane from China, and he's, and he's on Twitter asking for them to apologize. I'm asking for them to say thank you. Yeah. These are 19-year-old kids. They probably had the shit scared out of them. They're still on the plane. He's like... You, you, you should say thank you. And then when they said thank you, and then LeVar Ball came back and you know said what I just said, basically saying like he didn't have anything to do with it or he didn't have as much to do with it as he's saying, la, la, la. Trump tweets again, I should have left them in jail. But what he wanted to say was, I should have left their black asses in jail. <laughs> hey. Economy's doing well. Economy's been doing well. That ain't ain't from him. Two terms for Mr. Trump, but they will attribute it. It will be attributed to to Mr. Trump. No. Just like the economy was doing well in Obama, they they didn't attribute shit to Obama. (laughs) Well, what's the the one fucking factor? (laughs) He won't be two terms. There's no way he'll make it. All right. 
There's no way he will make it. Him and his crew are dropping like flies. Uh, you got to admire a guy. Yeah, you may not like the politics and all that, but you got to admire a guy who's standing right there taking all the shots and still, still being himself and telling it like it is. He's I, tweeting I, I, about Marshawn like Lynch. That. This guy's a fucking joke. He tweeted about Marshawn Lynch not standing for the anthem. And he's like, he, you know what this all is? You know that Trump tried to buy the Buffalo Bills, I think, in 2014? Yeah. And the NFL yeah. wouldn't let him? He got right. a hard-on for the Buffalo, for, for the NFL. Right. So he got him over a barrel now. Yeah, he don't all really that- have him over a barrel. No one cares. And he's talking about the ratings aren't good. The ratings are great in the NFL. <laughs> They're great. This guy will say anything to, 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 to try to, you know, prove his point. He doesn't care. He's moralist. Right. You, you know who else is moralist? And this is going to be a great segue into the sick fuck of the week. Yeah. This award is earned, not given. It's called the sick fuck of the week. This guy is really sick. Lock him up. How could you do it? Don't let him out. Damn. You fucked the dog? You what? You fucked the dog? Why would you fuck the dog? Why would you fuck your girlfriend's dog? What sick fuck? The sick fuck of the week. It's earned. Earned. Not given. You did. What? No. 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 Yes, this is sick fuck of the week segment. It is an award that is earned, not given. It is an award that is earned, not given. Wes Goodman. Oh. Wes Goodman. Who is the Republican state legislator for Ohio? Conservative, Christian values. Right-wing legislator, pushed family values. Trump guy. One of the most, uh, 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 one of the most front-line guys. Art, anti-gay. <laughs> yep. Yep. Was reportedly witnessed having sex with a man. Inside his office. Couldn't wait. Who was not employed by the legislator. Damn. Shame, embarrassment. I don't care if you're gay or not. But if you are on the front lines of being anti-gay, anti-LGBTQ, good for you. I wonder, was he taking or receiving? I don't care. This is sweet Sweet irony, sweet justice that this happened. Yes, yes. It's an indicator of of this is when guys like this run campaigns on how they are anti-gay and this and that without any type of, you know, provoking from the gay community, just attacking them. Then that's an that's indicative of what we just what what you just spoke about. I mean, you know what it. is your problem? This so now, is a part of your political agenda? <laughs> so now you might as well come out and embrace that community that you lambasted. Embrace it because you're engaging in it. So and you, and you know what? You know what? I, I, I don't know much, uh, but I will say this. The LGBTQ community are some of the most compassionate people because they've, they've all been ostracized. They've all dealt yeah. with severe... Uh, shame, embarrassment, nope. humiliation, right. and 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 um, 
uh, what's the word? Um, injustices. Yeah. And prejudices. I guarantee and, you they would embrace this fucking sick fuck. Yeah. Like, they, yo, they're going to embrace him more than the Iron Rapport Stereo podcast is. Look, Duke, we're not embracing you. The LGBT community, they will embrace you because they're compassionate people. We're just calling you a f- sick fuck. Word. Uh, accept your truth. Go with your man. Divorce your wife. Go with your man that you... He, you was wearing out in the office. Go to Thailand. And, get it popping, man. Get your Vogue on. Do your thing. Divorce your and, wife. Yeah. You know, let, let, her, let her be free. Let her live her, a life with a, with a man who understands who he is. You Word. obviously didn't understand you was. And, and, and come out of the closet. There's, a, there's, there's plenty of people in the LGBT community, LGBTQ community, that will embrace you with love and open arms, sincerely, and, and, and totally understand the shame that you had. Right. And forgive you for being such a fuck. Yeah. Again, I just have to say, we're not going to forgive you over here. And uh, uh, there's a caveat to the story. He, he <laughs> they found he was fucking with at least 40 men. He of course. Was, uh, Snapchatting, picks up his <laughs> pipe. Yo, what kind of guy is this? Yo, come out and run on a, a, a LGBTQ, ABC. Run on, run on that shit now. Exactly. Exactly. You might get elected in, in 20 years. If you, if you come to terms with who you are, you make amends for all the shit that you've said and all the, the lying and fairy tales you pushed out there in the world. Make yeah. the world a better place. Yeah. That's your opportunity. Make the world a better place because you've been living a lie. You fuck you. Yeah, you shame. You shamed your whole family. You shamed that gay community. You part of them. What the fuck is you doing? Yeah, who, you leave these people alone. Word. Another sick fuck, conservative state senator, Ralph Shorty. Ralph Shorty. Now, if you <laughs> never heard the term, it's an old school term called short eyes. Look up the term short eyes. It's a term they use in prison for child molesters. This child molester, Ralph Shorty, and there's nothing funny about this. There's nothing funny about Ralph Shorty being an actual short eyes. Conservative state senator who once wanted to be a missionary was accused, pleaded guilty. And this guy is Trump, a Trump campaign coordinator. Oh, man, he set everything up. (laughs) Sex trafficking of a minor carries a minimum sentence of 10 years in prison, but Shorty could be sent to life in prison for the offense. The hearing goes down 2018. This is a true sick fuck. Damn, with kids. Engaging in child prostitution. transporting a minor for prostitution, engaging in prostitution within a thousand feet of a church, you sick fuck you. Oh, man. Why why a trial? See, this shit, you put this shit in the paper, I I believe that. (laughs) Yo, why even a trial? You don't deserve a trial. Kids? I mean, just... This, is, this guy is in that administration now? 
oh no, he's in fucking jail. He probably oh. already got that Wonder Bread bag treatment. He's gonna get that Wonder Bread bag and olive oil treatment for the rest of his life. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yes. Damn, these guys are sick out here, man. Oh, this is a real sick fuck. Yes. Yes. Another sick fuck. We got this from the Daily Mail. This is the uh the sick fuck of the week manifesto. Uh this man in China had a padlock stuck in his bladder after inserting it in his penis. I, wait, I have to I, I have to stop. Is this a sick fuck or a dumb fuck? Oh. Uh, hey, no, both. he's sick. Why you put a a little padlock in in your little your little fortune cookie, my man? Uh, yeah. Yeah. He trying to get his shit more <laughs> trying to get a little more harder. <laughs> Yo, this guy's sick. Yeah, man. And These dumb. Guys, yeah. They need to I wish I wish it would have got cut off. I wish the doctors would have said, "Oh, we can't save this." That's what you get. Finally, a Colombian teacher, another sick fuck, threatened to fail her students. This is a 40-year-old woman, very attractive. She threatened to uh to fail her students, the the young boys in her if they did not have sex with her. Now she's facing 40 years in jail. Damn. This is a nut job, too. And, and these cats were 17, 16. Man, damn. This is a so, sicko. But, but she's like forcing him to do it. Yeah. Yo, what's going on? <laughs> I don't know why it's a common theme, G. Listen, you, you, need to, you need to work on the Wonder Bread bag and olive oil theme song. Because this is yeah. like a, a, a common thing. Yeah. We, we've been doing it for years with this shit. All right, so... We're going we're gonna to make some good music for that. Um, I don't know what else. It's the holiday season coming up. Um, I can tell you we have some great podcasts coming up. We got Muggsy Bogues. We got Matt Barnes. We got Bradley Beal. We're not playing games. Nah. All right? We're not playing games. It's the I Am Rappaport Stereo Podcast, the worldwide phenomenon. <laughs> I want to thank Mark Ruffalo again for joining the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. It was dope. It was some actor studio shit, but it wasn't the actor studio. It was the Iron Rapport Stereo Podcast. Uh, my name is Michael Rapport, a.k.a. Michael Rapper Crap. Uh, G. Moody, last name rhymes with duty. 2015-2016 uh, Podcast Co-host of the Year. Uh, what can I say? We're done. Have a healthy, happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy yourself. We out. Out. Wow.